Welcome to Geminit, a podcast about knitting, spinning, dyeing, and other crafts in Mid-America. Hi, I'm Sherry. And I'm Tara. Thank you for listening. We're recording on June 20th, 2020, and today's episode is Knitting on Any Budget. Why don't we go ahead and start with, uh, what are you working on? Okay, current projects. As I sit here, I am working on a hat submission that will be in three sizes. It's on worsted weight yarn. It's a really bright, pretty, happy purple and cables, so it's a lot of fun. Let's see, I've got a couple of test knits going, the Malachite shawl and the Malachite cow that we've talked about before that's got the bands and the whorls like Malachite stones in nature. Those are both going, and I've got some really great testers on those. And I started a test knit on that. I named it Astrid out of the treasure goddess DK in her pretty red ruby daggers. Uh huh. And I've got one more sweater design that's on the needles, but it's kind of just sitting there. It's out of DK weight. What about you? What are you working on? Do you remember the orange nitpick sock yarn that you gave me? It's sort of variegated different shades of orange. Yeah. Yeah. I am knitting that into a pair of socks. Are you? I am. Yep. Cool. They're turning out really nice. Orange is not particularly my color, but these are orange-orange, like the color of the fruit orange, which I like quite a bit. They're turning out very nice. Good. I actually was thinking, I don't remember why I gave her orange yarn. I don't think she likes orange. (laughs) I don't remember what I was thinking, so I'm glad you're liking them. I do. I I'm so glad you brought that up because when you gave it to me, I was like, what are you doing giving me orange yarn? I mean, it turned out fine. I liked it. I really liked the yarn, but I was like, this is not a safe color to give to me. You are being daring, but it is, it is the orange and the bright color that I like. And also it's on my feet and I will wear colors on my feet that I can't wear anywhere else. Okay. So what are you working on anything else? That is pretty much it. I did cast on a new cardigan in a work-appropriate color. It's Bookworm by Heidi Kiermeyer. I went ahead and just went with the safe option because I've knit this pattern before and I knew it was fast and easy and a good look on me. So I'm doing that. Did you say what color you're making that one out of? I didn't. It's purple. It's a stash yarn. It's discontinued, but it is a pretty purple tweed yarn. Yeah, that sounds nice. So what about you? That's all I have. I actually have one more that I'm still working on. I put it in my notes as a finished project, but I think that was uh, being super optimistic. That fingering weight sweater that I'm making with the bell sleeves and the lace details out of, it's a Miss Babs. It's in a real pretty color, color, kind of an old gold straw wheat color. And it's their wool and silk blend. And I put that in finished because it is really close. I figured out the bell sleeves, which took some ripping back and figuring it out. I've got just, you know, slight bell sleeves. They're beautiful. And I figured out the cast off to keep everything kind of drapey instead of curling up on me. But I still haven't done the neckline on that one. I need to go back and get that done and then it will be finished. So I think that was just me being super optimistic. Uh huh. Well, I did the same thing with my finished object, which is the spring foot socks. That's the socks I talked about last time from that um, yarn that you also gave me from Mountain Colors. Mm-hmm. And they're all finished, but I was at work when I finished the first sock and I didn't have anything to Kitchener the toe nor the time on break to do something like Kitchener toe. So I did a three needle bind off. And this yarn is too plump and too firm and too large for me to be able to wear a three needle bind off without it irritating my foot. 
So I need to pull out those stitches and Kitchener it, which had always been my plan all along. I never, you know, I did that just so I could free the needles to cast on the other sock. But everything right, yeah. else is done about them, including the other toe Kitchener. Once I pull it out and I do that one, it, they will be finished. Cool. Um, so do you get to knit a lot at work or not really? I knit on breaks. And then my job has a bit of a component of hurry up and wait. So there are certain points of the day where I am literally waiting for other people to get stuff to me and there is nothing else I can do, but yet I must spring into action the second that information comes through. So I can't stand up and walk around. So to keep myself right. in the chair, I knit during those times, but it's not every day and it's not for very long, which is the reason why yeah. it sucks. Yeah, I bet that those are nice. They're little and they're easy to just pick up and put down all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about finished projects? Do you have any that are actually finished? No, that was it. Okay, I have two. Um, I did finish the test knit for the Rosalind hat finished and I did release that. So it's out in the world and I'm counting that one as finished. And I finished my first newsletter. I wrote it and I sent it out and it went out into the world. It was a little hard to click send, but you know, anything new is hard and I did it and it's finished. Congratulations on that. That sounds like a big step. So then have you been wearing anything? I have been wearing zero. Uh-huh. So I, I'm still freezing yeah. at work. I still have my work wardrobe, but it's summertime and nothing new has been added to it. Although when I was editing the last podcast and I was listening to myself talk about my blanket, the Curve of Pursuit blanket, which still needs its ends woven in, I can't tell you how many years later, but many, many years later, that is totally going to work. And I think I'm going to weave in the ends there. That's going to become what I've been wearing as of next week is because I need a blanket. It's so cold. You know what? That's a great idea, too, because you can sew in ends sitting there easily. That's a nice idea. I like it. It is. Now the socks, you know, in my lap, while nobody minds, they're also very subtle. Right. Even though nobody minds because other people play solitaire or whatever when they're waiting for the work packets to come through for us to jump on. And it's not a secret. It's also not flaunting and weaving an ends on a blanket might be. Right. But Everybody a has bigger. a blanket there. So I think it's going to be fine. I had the same thought, but I'm also tempering it with um, what reality might be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Do you have anything on knitting or are you ready to move on to the supporting local? I'm ready to move on. Well, the second half of May and all of June, I didn't buy, I haven't bought anything yarn or anything fun. Things are tight right now as I transfer from being a contract employee to an employee directly for the company. And also uh, during this time has been a time of uh, frustration and anger, the whole country. For me, it started with the COVID outbreaks in the meatpacking plants. And the reason why is I have to go into work every day and my place does what they can to protect us. We are sitting every other cube apart, but it still took them six weeks before they could get us masks because nobody could get masks and things like that. So even though they were doing what they could, it also felt completely unsafe. So when all yeah. of a sudden all of these people tested positive while they were at work, when I was already very irritated about people, myself and every other essential people having to go to work, but it not being safe, 
I decided that I was going to opt out of grocery store meat. So I looked into that and I tested out two different things. I tested out my local butcher and I also tested out a meat packing, a local meat packing place. Both of them are also problematic. When I went to the meat packing place, which I absolutely loved, I went in there and not a single employee was wearing a mask and there was like 20 of them and they were all working hard within two or three feet of each other. And I was like, well, that's exactly the same thing that's happening in the plant. Although I love where they were getting their beef and that is local meat. The local butcher, there's only three people in the store at a time, which seems wonderful, but I'm not as clear where the meat is coming from. They do say it's single source and they imply that it is local, but it's not explicitly said anywhere. And I'm too shy while wearing a mask to go up and have a conversation about it. But I've decided of the two that I'm just going to cut my meat back as much as I can without going completely vegetarian and get it from my local butcher. That's a nice idea. I actually, when we talk about at the table later, I've done something um, not the same, but I, I'm surprised how we're sort of thinking along the same uh-huh. lines. So. Uh-huh. And so as far, yeah, go ahead. And then I have a second one and then I'll let you do all of yours. The second one is uh, every quarter I give a donation. This time I gave it to, um, and it's still on the same theme of the COVID, I gave it to Operation Breakthrough. They're one of my favorite uh, charities to give it to. They provide daycare and after school care, but mostly daycare for the working poor. Those are the people that are out working so much right now that I wanted to be able to support safe childcare for them. Yeah, that's, a, that's uh-huh. an excellent one. And then when George Floyd, when that happened, where I work mm-hmm. right now, it is not common to be a middle-aged white woman in my company. I knew that that had happened uh, pretty much immediately. Everybody just stopped working and they stood up and there was conversations immediately and anger and completely different than any job I've been in where I'd find out on the drive home or, you know, when I'm watching the 10 o'clock news or something like that. It's Mm -hmm. not the sort of information that would have stopped work at any other place I've been at. So I really wanted to make other donations However, they're going to have to wait until I finish transferring over because I already sent all of my donation money and all of my yarn money to Operation Breakthrough. And what about you? Uh, I did do a couple of donations when I released. This isn't really local. It's just you mentioned the whole yeah, the whole yeah. issue. So when the news first came out, I was also getting ready to release the Roslyn hat. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to release. I, I don't know if I should or not. I don't know if it's the right time for it. But I thought, you know what, if I release it and I'll send the money from the sales to donate two different places. Mm-hmm. I, I sent one to, uh, I don't have it right in front of me. I feel like I should have grabbed this before. Um, but I sent one to the Page uh, Foundation out of Minneapolis. They work really hard to get... Uh, lower income school children, the education that they need to move into higher education colleges or, you know, whatever they, they're they mm-hmm. interested in doing. I sent part of the that. And then I sent another one to uh, the bail fund. To, for, yeah. And I felt pretty good about both of those. I'm glad you brought up the bail fund because that is where I'm going to be sending my next donation. There's a bail fund for Kansas City directly, and I'm going to do that. It's had been on my radar for a while because of what they do, 
but I just never researched on how to find a bail fund or anything like that. And now, and now I know it's, it's going to be what I do next. Yeah. I did do those two things, but kind of before all of this came up, we did a couple of other things locally. Uh huh. We finally, we finally did takeout, which is not something that I'm actually very comfortable with. It's out of my comfort zone, but I know that the local restaurants and businesses need support. So we did pizza in our tiny, tiny town one time. And for another one, I ordered donuts over the phone and picked them up curbside for the husband's birthday. He always says he doesn't want a cake. He doesn't want cupcakes. He just wants a dozen donuts. And so I supported a local business to do that. Donuts sound wonderful. I I have not had a really good donut since going gluten-free. What type of donuts did you get? I'm going to live vicariously through you. He always wants the old-fashioned sour cream cake donuts. Yeah, no, so those don't that's... count. Okay, but go ahead. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else? Um, those are the two uh, local things we've done. And then we've started one other thing with the boys, and I don't know. I bought a national, I mean, a state part pack pass to do it um, for some of it. Some of the things we've gone to are free or they're individually run And, you know, we always pay the suggested donation to go. But I also bought a state parks pass. Most years we'll go on a large road trip. And this year we're not going to do that. We try to see national parks. We try to see historical things. We we enjoy doing that. And I thought this year, since we're not going on a long road trip, I'm going to try to show the boys local things that we always skip. Because, like, we're on our way 13 miles towards Albuquerque or, I mean, 13 hours towards Albuquerque or whatever. So I thought there's got to be a lot of local things that we could support and go look at and just, you know, kind of recenter ourselves and see what's out there. And so we've done that. Cool. We didn't set it up before the podcast, so maybe you won't do it this time. But uh, next time for sure, I bet you are full of local trivia now these days. I do know a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So save those. I want to hear them. Okay. Okay. I think that's it for this section for me. Well, that brings us to the price drawing. For that uh, treasure goddess kit, we used the random number generator. Uh, Tamara ran the numbers, and then I sat, we're recording uh, remotely again. At this point, I assume that that's a given, and also that it still shows up in our sound quality. So anyway, Tamara's in her house. She runs the number generator, and then I go through and find the post. The winner is Chantilly Lace. So she will be receiving the treasure goddess pack with her sparkle toes and the pattern and the stitch markers. And then um, RS Bright Eyes is going to get the pattern. So that is very exciting. Yeah, that's our first time doing it. It was kind of fun. It was. Because we have such a group with wonderful, wonderful chatter. Thank you, everybody that listened and chatted. I had such a good time meeting all of you. Are we ready for the topic of the show? Sure. Okay. So this is Knitting on Any Budget. I've been planning this as an episode for quite a while, but the reason it's coming out now is because I am in the process of switching from at work from the temporary status, the contractor position into a full-time position. And because of this switch, I am going three weeks without any paycheck. And then when I get that paycheck, it's going to be for just one week, the way it breaks down. 
So that means that in June, I'm working a month and getting paid for a week, which is Yikes. not easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and all of us, no matter how much or how little you make, it affects uh, what you can buy. And nobody can buy every single thing they want, even if you're a multimillionaire. I mean, you can get an island or you can get a yacht, but it's unlikely that you can get an island and a yacht. We all have to make choices. So that's what this is about. It's set up. We each got a budget for the quarter. We're starting out with uh, what would you do if you only have $20 to spend in a quarter? What if you had $20 a month? So that's $60 a quarter. $20 a week, and that's $260 a quarter. And then $20 a day for $1,820 a quarter. If you don't mind, I will start and then we will alternate, okay? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, great. And I'm totally being selfish when we do that because that $20 a quarter, I have so many ideas. It is not an easy place to be. I've been there more than once in my life. It is not easy. I don't know about anybody else, but with me, when I'm always having to tell myself no, you know, I see something I like and I go, ooh, that's pretty, I would like it. And then my rational part of my brain says, you can't afford it, just no. And then my emotional part of my brain has a toddler-worthy meltdown of, I never get anything nice, it's not fair, I want it, I want it, I really want it. And most of the time I can talk myself down, but not always. Sometimes I get it, even though it is a bad idea. When things are flush and the same thing happens, except for it's a different spin on it, I'll see something and I'll go, ooh, that's pretty. And the rational point of my brain will say, yes, it is. Do you want it? And then the emotional part of my brain was like, no, no, I was just pointing out it was pretty. I don't need to take it home with me. And it makes my life so much easier, which is totally not fair. <laughs> but at least with me, it's my the reality I have to live with. When it comes to this price point, the my answer to it is make it a game. Be very, very picky. Don't grab something just because that's something you can afford. Hold out. Nice stuff is out there. It will come your way. Don't squander your stuff on um, junk. First off, I'm going to go completely with free. Not right now because groups are not meeting, but this can't last forever. In Kansas City, there are many charity knitting groups through yarn stores and through churches. You can find them on Meetup. You can find them by asking at the yarn store. And the ones I have spoken to throughout the years, most of them have a tub of free yarn for people to knit into the charity items. So these things are not things you get to keep, take home and keep forever, but it gives you a chance to knit with other people's yarn and to sit around and talk and have a good time. One, yeah, of, This is a great idea. I, uh, this is not one that I would have thought of at all because, yeah, we don't. Yeah, but this is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. That gets you some knitting in. It gets you a community. It's completely free to you. Maybe you need to buy your own needles. I bet, though, if you don't have needles, somebody would set you up. One of these charities, which I actually went to this spring for research for the podcast, and I didn't write them down, and I lost the flyer. They knit and crochet, mostly crochet, 
Clorn, which is when you take plastic bags, you cut the plastic bags up into yarn into uh, sleeping mats for the homeless. You can do that, or you can crochet Clorn into your own items. All you need there is a crochet hook and plastic bags. The other free thing is the t-shirt yarn. I think you could use other fabrics besides t-shirts, but you make, you make strips out of it, and then you knit or crochet those strips of fabric, uh, like weaving rag rugs. So plarn right. and the rags, you can both knit and weave. And weaving is even cheaper than knitting because you can make a back strap loom out of stuff you already have in your house. I, I bet you can. I don't want to, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just going to keep going for a little bit longer. Actually, I'll pause. Do you have anything in the free? It wasn't part of our list. They just came across my path as I was researching. No, all of my ideas were for the $20. So okay. I don't have any free at all. Okay. So I'll do the $20 and then you can jump in with your $20. Okay. I am lucky that I live in Kansas City and Kansas City has many different thrift stores to go to. I knew about Scrap and KC, which is it's a donation run and it's nothing but craft and office supplies. And I've never been there, but for this exercise, I did it. It was hard to get to because there's construction all around it right now and the construction about killed my GPS but I, I made it. I got in there and there was a aisle of yarn. A lot of it was nasty, but there were gems hidden in it. The yarn ran about two to $3 a ball. Knitting needles were $2 each. Crochet hooks were $1 each. And I actually came home with a ball of vintage worsted and one of those huge balls of the James C. Brett Marble Chunk, Chunky yarn. Yeah. Yeah, that you knit your vest out of. I love that mm -hmm. yarn. Those two balls cost me $6. That's a good deal. And, and then on Savers Half Price Day. So this isn't something that I could go out and just do any day. I had to wait for a flyer for Savers and uh, email. Okay, so I got an email on my phone from Savers. I went on Half Price Day and I had to go to multiple Savers to find yarn worth buying. They all had yarn, but not everything was worth buying. But I was able to get a bag with uh, four partial skeins in it for $2 and a penny. And one partial skein went right into the trash, but the other three were keepers. It was Brooklyn Tweed Perry, Quince & Co. Finch, and Yarn Hollow Superior. So hmm. one hand dyed and two other uh, very expensive yarns. I will put out there that this was the savers right next to a yarn store. So apparently somebody had done a three color project and was over the colors and passed them along. And then that was great. They're not my colors. They're sage green, but they're beautiful. So this would be something that I could knit into a Christmas present for somebody. And yeah. in doing that, I had to stop there because my budget was running out. So I went online and for $4, I picked out the three color cashmere cow by Yoki Locatelli for those three colors I was just talking about. And then the four rose hat by Julia Drecker, which is a free hat pattern, which is completely dripping with cables. And some by some people have listed it as medium to hard. 
And the reason I did that is I wanted that one ball of vintage to last about forever into a small project because um, the harder the project, the longer the knitting. And then finally, that James C. Brett uh, marble chunky yarn, that was going to be nice, simple hats because sometimes you just want to knit something quickly. For $19.01, I got three to four bulky hats, two circular needles, one crochet hook, and the worsted hat. Oh, and a pattern. That is it for me. So that's pretty cool. So I actually thought this one was hard because right now a really good way to do this would be to go to garage sales and thrift shops, mm -hmm. but nobody around here is having garage sales right now. And even if the thrift shops are open, we still haven't actually hit our highest numbers. This week was the most number of people that have had that have come in with positive cases. And so I'm not going into buildings right now. I'm mm -hmm. just not. I can manage everything without doing it. I can pick up stuff curbside. And you can't really pick up random yarn curbside from the thrift store. So mm -hmm. um, I thought this one was really hard right now. But I did, or and you can't pick up sweaters either. Sometimes you could go to a thrift store and you could find a sweater that you really like the yarn. You could snip it and unravel the yarn. That comes with its own problems. Depending on what it's made out of, it may or may not bounce back into a usable yarn. It might be all kinky, but it might be worth trying, especially if you can go on a half price day and get a sweater for a couple bucks, because that's mm -hmm. a lot of yarn for not very much, you know? So since those things weren't really possible right now, I went and I checked the Facebook marketplace near me. And I put in uh, the search word yarn, and I did find one box uh, full of yarn for uh, $15. And you can tell by looking that some of the yarn is not something I would use. Some of it I probably would use, and some of it looked like it was really nice stuff. And it was a whole box, and so uh -huh. that's exciting. And you could do that curbside. One thing you can't tell going online like that is if it's been in a smoking environment or not, or if they've had, you know, a bug infestation, or if it's set in sunlight. Um, it actually looked like it hadn't set in the sunlight, and the other two things you would just have to go in person to check out. So yep. I thought I was pretty happy about that find. And that's so, exactly and the same as thrift store yarn, because you don't know those things there either. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd still need knitting needles. If you're assuming, you know, that you start with nothing, you'd still need knitting needles. And the lowest cost way I could figure out to do knitting needles right now with the, the restrictions that we have is to have a 40% off coupon and go one of our local box stores will do curbside delivery. So if mm -hmm. you order something, they'll bring it out to your car. And so I could get one set of needles for $5.39 that way. They were on sale for $6.74. But if you tell them you want to pay the full price and use the 40% off coupon, I could get them for a little bit less. The problem with that is I'd have to get the yarn in the box and then decide like what needle can I use for the most of this yarn because it's not all the same, right? Maybe some of it you could knit doubled and so it would you would pick a, a knitting needle in the middle there. And then I figured for patterns at that price point, um, I would probably go to the library and borrow books. Um, again, our library is not open, but you can order up to five books for pickup. And so I could order knitting pattern books and, and go th through them that way for, for patterns. That is great. And I like how we have like zero overlap, which I was worried because $20 for a quarter's worth of knitting is not easy. I was worried it's we not. would have exactly the same ideas. And um, that's awesome. All right. I did a ton of talking there. 
why don't you go on to the $20 a month for $60? Okay. This one felt a lot easier. This one it felt doable. I really, the first thing I thought was I really like, wish I liked knitting with lace weight because I could find 440 yards of lace weight for $5.99 each. And so you could get enough to easily keep yourself busy for three months. Like seven balls ended up being like more than 3,000 yards. And so if you did that, plus um, purchase one needle, I was looking at an online um, vendor for this stuff. If you purchase one needle, it was came out at like $6.99 and then got hundred of the simple metal stitch markers for $1.99. And then I would have had to pay shipping because the cutoff to get the free shipping is $65. And that was over the budget. So Uh then at that point, I'm like, okay, it's tempting to toss on another ball or two of yarn. And and then instead of paying $6 for shipping, I'm paying $6 for the yarn, but I would have gone over the budget. And that's not what we were trying to do. So Uh that was pretty easy. What yeah. website were you using? I was looking at nitpicks. Yeah, I okay. think they're a, they're they're a really good low cost alternative. But honestly, I don't like knitting with lace weight. So then I I emptied all that out and I refilled it with worsted weight yarn because that's what I do like knitting with. And for fifty nine eighty two, I was able to get thirteen balls of worsted weight yarn. And then I figured if I spent eight to ten dollars for two hat patterns. And I, that would, but the number of that, that amount of worsted weight yarn would be enough to make maybe 10 hats. So I'm like, hmm, so the rest of the patterns would need to come from the library maybe, or there's a lot of good free hat patterns out there. So maybe you could sift through and find ones that would knit or, or 13 balls of worsted weight yarn would get me a sweater plus two ish hats. Mm -hmm. Right. So you add on a set of double point needles for $7.99 and then, you know, those stitch markers again. I had kind of, I had fun doing this. And then I had one final thought. It was tempting to like delete out a whole bunch of that. And instead of worrying about buying patterns, you can get used and buds knitters handy book of patterns for $16 and 94 cents that included shipping. I'm like, okay, that's a good chunk of my $60, but I could knit patterns out of that for the next, you know, way more than quarter. Yeah. So, yeah. And the nice thing about this is your next quarter will run around and stuff doesn't go away. Like once you buy the one knitting needle, the next time you can buy the next one. When it came to the $20 a month, I went online too. I did come up with some ideas for local, which is one that you had already mentioned, which is the 40% off coupons for the big box store and hitting local yarn stores clearance sections. And oh yeah, I would love. That's a great one. I that would have been way on my list too. But I we don't have a local yarn store close by. Yeah, and my two favorite yarn stores for their clearance section, one is the Shivering Sheep in Abilene. I their basement. They have a basement room that is nothing but clearance yarn. I love driving out there and, and going there with my mom. And then in Independence is the Mercantile, which is two yarn stores in one. It's the Knitcraft and Angelica's, and they both have clearance sections. Those are where I can go. But where I actually spent my money was online. Pretend spent, although it was so hard right, not me too. to buy yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> so hard, except for I was like, no, no, don't do it because uh, I just can't right now. I went to Little Knit, and I'm going to give generics of what I got because you mentioned last time about not being able to 
uh, shop um, clearance stuff online because they sell out so quickly, you were talking about Little Knits. I can't give you the names of the yarn I put in my cart because it probably won't be there anymore. But I was able to get 10 100 gram balls of worsted weight in 500 gram bags. So for me, since that's two sweaters, I got two different colors. I got one that was 100% wool and one that was a wool cotton blend. For somebody that needs maybe seven or eight or all 10 100 gram balls for a sweater, well, then you would just get the two bags in a the same color. And then you'd have enough for your sweater and maybe a hat. I also got 250 grams of a linen tape yarn to make a summer scarf because it just looked so luscious. 100 grams of uh, self-striping sock yarn and clover locking stitch markers. Plus shipping came to $57.51. I did not get any needles. At this point, I made the assumption you already had needles because I ran out of money and I cheated. <laughs> What about $20 a week? Okay, so on this one, you know, we're talking about $260 for the quarter. And I thought, you know, that's a big jump. And I had a hard time deciding if I would rather go with more quantity to have more yarn and more projects to do, or if I would rather go fancier and kind of portion the knitting into a treat part of my day. Mm -hmm. um, I think the answer probably depends on where you are and where I am in my life and what else is going on. Uh, right now, I am much more in a stocking up kind of frame of mind, so I went with quantity. I picked yarns that I loved, but I didn't like pick anything a lot higher price point than what I'd been looking at for the time before, because mm -hmm. I like knitting with 100% generic yarns like that. And I was able to fill a cart with five sweaters worth of worsted weight yarn for $231.42, plus uh, some double point knitting needles for $8.99. And um, I kind of splurged and put an interchangeable needle set on top of that. And then the stitch markers. And I was able to make that work. And there's no shipping at that point. So that's, you know. Mm -hmm. What about you? What'd you do? For me, because it opens it up to about everything, I just summed it up with, at this price point, you can get anything you want, just not everything you want. Yeah. You can decide whether you're getting the um, small amounts of the luxury yarns, the hand-dyed yarns, or if you're going to use the stuff that we've already talked about and go volume. I would split it in half. I would do that little knits order that I'd already planned out. And then I would spend the rest at local yarn stores or nicer single skein projects. The thing that I added to this one is this is the price point that makes the local fiber festivals much more attainable because there's the gas money to get to one that's two or three hours away, the money for lunch, and then enough that you can hit a multiple of hand-dyed vendors. And I would spend the whole quarter amount in a single day, but would have stash to get me through if that wasn't enough to last me a whole quarter, which it might be because I hold on to Fiber Festival yarn uh, and knit it out like it is gold. You know, it's like, this has all my good memories and my fun day. I can't use it. So yeah, it becomes souvenir yarn. And this is also the price point that classes at the local yarn store become attainable to. 
any of those things, just not all of them. Yeah. What about $20 a day or $1,820? Okay, so this one actually made me a little uncomfortable to think about trying to spend that much money on yarn or knitting stuff. Uh-huh. I'm certain that uh, it, it just it, it felt uncomfortable. I did learn one thing I didn't know because I, you know, I was filling a cart just to see how far it would get me. Um, I've never purchased this amount of yarn at once before, but I found out that Knit Picks has a maximum order quantity of 99 balls of any specific yarn. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had no idea that that existed. It makes sense because, you know, they only have so much, but I thought that was interesting. So then I thought, okay, well, I love Malabrigo Rios. I wonder, you know, if I only knit with the Malabrigo Rios for a quarter, like how far would this amount of money reach, you know? Uh-huh. And so I went and I put it I put it in a cart. The answer is 99 balls. That's 20,790 yards. So if you figure a gener- generous like 1,200 yards of sweater, that's about 17 sweaters worth of yarn. I'm like... But I don't need 17 sweaters worth of yarn at once, right? So I kind of emptied out all the cards and thought, I hope nobody's watching me do this because I probably just gave somebody a heart attack putting that many balls (laughs) in a cart. (laughs) But, you know, so I emptied out the cart and I went looking again at travel ideas because I thought, and I think this says something about just my mental limits, like this much towards uh, yarn felt like too much. But this much money towards an experience and going someplace and seeing and learning did not feel like too much. And so I went and looked at the uh, trip to Iceland called Hiking and Knitting Under the Midnight Sun. Uh-huh. And I, th- I think if I got the conversion rate right, that worked out to $2,263.41, which is actually uh, way more than we had budgeted for this. Uh-huh. Um, and that doesn't, inclu- it doesn't include the flights that you would need to and from. But to my mind, spending that much um, for a trip was more acceptable than that much, you know, 17 sweaters worth of yarn. And also, I liked the idea that even at this higher budget, I couldn't do the thing without planning ahead for it and saving and and putting money aside. Because even at this amount, you can't do everything. So, yeah, that made me feel better about it. That is the exactly the same thing that I ran into also. I couldn't do any of the things that I had hoped to be able to do with this money because it wasn't enough. $20 a day sounds extravagant, but it, it turns out it isn't once you're looking at the trips. I also did not go yarn. And I was able to get, my, my brain very first went to getting a Hansen Craft electric spinning wheel in Cherry. That is something that I desperately wanted last year at Flyaway, and I still desperately want it. It comes with uh, the beginner's bundle with tax, but not with shipping, is $1,635.70. Shipping shouldn't be very much. It's not that big or heavy, and that would leave me just a little bit left over for some yarn or some fiber or something. But everything Uh else that I looked at, trip-wise, with the exception of smaller local trips, I needed I needed a little bit more. I was able to go to stitches on this, but I'm going to save that for our second episode. So okay. that is it. Yeah. I've just loved dreaming. I was like, ooh, I got the spinning wheel. <laughs> it's like, no, I didn't. But I'm just as happy and giggly as if I had. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun looking at the pictures to try to figure out because you got to read through the itinerary to the trip and then you see the price and you're like, okay, is that in euros? What does Iceland use for money? How do I figure uh-huh. out the conversion? It was it was fun to just think about, even though I, actually all of her trips are pushed off until 2021 right now. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. I enjoyed I enjoyed looking. Podcast announcements. Join Geminet Podcast Group on Ravelry and follow us on Instagram at Geminet Podcast. Do you have anything to add, Tamara, or anything you want to announce? Nope, that's good. Next up is That's Entertainment. What have you been watching? So last time I think I told you that I had the bright idea that we're going to rewatch all the Marvel movies in release order. Uh-huh. So we've been doing that. Both of the teens are still invested in it, and we've had a lot of evenings at home. You know, everybody has. We've kind of blown through the first 13 movies. <laughs> we just finished watching Doctor Strange. So we're all the way to Doctor Strange, which, and, and it's fun rewatching them all together. Because honestly, you know, going to a theater here and there or renting them at home, like I didn't realize how closely some of the storylines and the timelines are together, how they overlap or they're very close, you know, back to back. So it's fun watching them this way. So we've been doing that. The husband is still resisting. He is in instead picking Seinfeld reruns for the boys' cultural heritage. We own the DVDs for seasons one through four, and he's been slowly working through episodes of those on his turn. It feels very, very old school to watch something on a DVD instead of just streaming it. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually surprised by how well the old Seinfeld episodes hold up. The clothes don't feel outdated, the topics or, you know, seeing the stuff in the background or the restaurants or any of the things. Really, the only thing that's jarring are the phones. They'll have to run home to catch the rotary phone call or they'll be dialing (laughs) using the rotary phone. Or there is one car phone that looks like, uh, I don't know, uh, it's big, it's huge, and it's attached to the car. Uh Um, But otherwise, it's really hold up really fun, really well. So that's kind of fun. And the boys are enjoying them. I thought maybe they wouldn't, but the younger one in particular chuckles a lot. And then I've been reading the library book. It's uh, the next book for our, uh, it's nonfiction. And it starts out talking about the Los Angeles main public library fire that happened like in 1986. Mm -hmm. I don't remember hearing about this at all, but something like 400,000 books burned up. It was a huge deal, but it happened at the same time as Chernobyl. And so Chernobyl got all of the front page news and this didn't. And I am only like 35% into this book and we have book club on Monday. So I really got to get going. Uh huh. So what about you? I started out by trying a whole bunch of different shows, but nothing clicking with me. I just wasn't in the mood. I wasn't in the brain space. And then finally, I came across Timeless. It is, I'm not giving it a huge, great, good review, but it's really making me think, and I think that's good. And it is also topical, even though it came out in... It's pretty new. It came out in 2016 and uh, 2017. It was canceled in 18. The premise of it is a private company has built a time machine and somebody came through, the villains came through and stole it. And they went to the FBI to help get it back. And they made up this team where there is a um, historian. Her name is Lucy. There is a military guy He is Wyatt, and then the engineer is Rufus, and the engineer is black. So you have a black man, a white woman, and a white man traveling through time. That's a little bit clunky at times. 
it's awkward at times. It's not very smooth in the dialogue. Also, it's very rich with set, but not real smooth in the dialogue. So if I poke at my phone or I look down at my knitting, I can miss a whole episode and have no idea what's going on. Unlike other TV shows where I can listen and watch my knitting the whole time and not really miss anything out. And that could be a plus for some people, but as a knitter, that was a minus. The reason I keep watching is every episode, there is a little tidbit that makes me think about history like one episode when they go back to Abraham Lincoln's assassination. Lucy, it's her job to make sure that everything happens exactly the way it had happened. Wyatt's job is to take out the villain, and he doesn't really care too much, you know, as long as history is pretty okay, as long as he gets the villain wiped out. And then uh, Rufus is like, hey, let's save Lincoln too. You know, we have to save his cabinet. Let's save him also. Let's make it better for the Blacks as we go along. So it's things like that all the way through. The best episode was about the moon landing. Wyatt is given his tag, and he's an FBI agent. And Lucy is all indignant because she's a typist in the secretary pool. And then Rufus is like, dude, I have to be a janitor if I even want to get into the building. And then once they're in there, seeing the um, computers that are run by these little thin pieces of paper and all this stuff that I sort of knew, but I didn't really understand until I saw it. Now, of course, it's a TV show. I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know if the paper is as fragile as it was, but that was a little bit eye-opening, how we got people on the moon pretty much in tin cans and prayers. It, it was amazing. Yeah, I'm always... Also, in that episode, there I don't remember if it's that exact episode or the episode before or after it. Rufus, they are eating pancakes. It has the Aunt Jemima syrup. And he's like, how is Aunt Jemima even a thing? Because it was the old logo that was um, very, very racist, her as a slave woman. And then he was like, how is Aunt Jemima still a thing? And I was like, yeah, yeah. how is that still a thing? And that was last week. And then this, then that just stuck with me just every once in a while, like during work and whatnot. I was like, how is that still a thing? So when that popped up in the news yesterday, that Quaker Oats is retiring that brand, and it hadn't even been really on my radar one way or the other until I watched the show last week. And it's sort of funny that everything just happened such in a quick timeline as that. I've been binging this show like crazy, even though... I can't say it's fantastic, but I've still been, I put it on and I can't walk away. Just these tiny little tidbits where they pick stuff out at history that I knew but hadn't really thought about has made it a really good choice for me at this time. Also, my favorite part of each episode is the 10 seconds at the end, because every time they get, they get history almost back to the way it was, but they can never quite make it exactly. So the last 10 seconds when they come back and they find out what has changed is my favorite part. It's the most interesting part of the show, although probably from the show's point of view, it's maybe the least important. But that is what keeps me going is I want to know what has changed, who has disappeared, who has reappeared in their lives, what pieces of history are missing, what monuments are or not there. Uh, 
So that that is my favorite part. Just these little throwaways at the end is what keeps me coming back. Yeah, that one's a lot of fun. I think we've seen the seen all of them. There's only two seasons. I did not know that until I was researching it this morning for the show notes, but it looks like I'm almost finished. Yeah. Um, we were watching that one when it was coming out, so, you know, every week or so. Uh-huh. And then we kind of lost track of it and went back later and watched a whole bunch at once. And then we're like, oh, no, I think it's over. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't know it, but I think I'm going to finish up tonight. I think it turns out I only have two episodes left. And then the mm-hmm. final movie, if the movie is available to me to stream. You know, I, I feel like maybe there was a third season. Maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. I'll have to go there are and see maybe. Two seasons and then a two episode finale that came later because they were they were canceled. But yep, I'm quite enjoying that. All right. Okay. Do you have anything else? Just board games if we're going to talk about them. Board games. Or do yes. you want to skip it? No, go for it. I'm still only playing phone games. So what about you? Okay, so we've been playing a lot of the same board games. I don't have anything new to talk about there, although I did finally win Eclipse. Do you remember Eclipse is the one that the older teen always picks and you're building your own space empire and you got to do tech. I finally won that game. It's taken years, but I did it. (laughs) Okay. Um, But the one I was going to talk about is Overcooked and uh, it's a co-op cooking show. And based off of the graphics, like somebody will start it on on their laptop and then cast it up to the TV. And I'm looking at the graphics and I'm thinking, this has got to be from like the 1980s. Did we have crap like this in the 1980s? I don't know. But um, I think it's actually a 2016 thing. It's just made to look older. Uh-huh. And what you do is you are you all get in there and you're in a kitchen and you get orders of food and you have to go pick up the food and carry it to someplace and chop it and then put it someplace where somebody else can pick it up and they have to put it on the stove and cook it. And, and get it off before it burns and put it on a plate and then serve it. And there's four spots and there's four of us, you know, the two teens and the husband and I. So we'll all four play it together every so often. And we haven't played it for a long time, so we're pretty bad at it. So, like, you get going and you can hit a button where you kind of cuss and just run into people. And it, usually the husband gets frustrated and starts doing that. He's just running into people. And the younger teen is like come on, people, we can do this. We need this order and this order and this order. You do this, you do that. And meanwhile, the uh, the brother is like turning in a circle in the middle and the food caught fire. And so like, you know, it goes section by section. So the stove is on fire first and then the counter next to it and then the counter next to it. And if somebody doesn't go get the fire extinguisher, like the whole kitchen is on fire. And I start giggling at that point and start taking pictures. I'm like, wait, wait, I got to get a screenshot of that. And the younger one's like, mom. (laughs) So anyways, that's our game. (laughs) I can tell that you have a lot of fun playing that. Yeah, it is. It's quite a bit of fun. It's called Overcooked. And it, yeah, I'll I'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes, but I'm going to give that a knitting score of absolutely zero. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, we've been playing that. And, you know, it's the younger teen that picks it. And, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. You know, things getting canceled for me as an adult. They're sad. or I miss this. I miss that. But the teenagers have missed so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything that he shows an interest in or that we can do together as a family, I feel like is a good thing right now. Yeah. That's it. That's my that's my board game. Okay. Well, this is an excellent time for a break. Join us again next time for the second half of this conversation. Thank you for listening. Bye now. Bye-bye.